0: And now our feature presentation, Imitating Art with Don and Chuck. Anyway. Anyway. uh,
1: Hey, welcome to Imitating Art. This is my stilted intro, I guess. Uh, I'm Chuck. And I'm Don. Yeah, here at Imitating Art, we like to review movies, Dissect them to see what life lessons they have worth learning, applying to our own lives or to world situations often. Uh, today, we're talking about the newest Clint Eastwood movie, uh, Cry Macho, which is, I think, out in theaters, but also out on HBO Max right now. It is uh, in theaters. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, so it must be a Warner movie. That's HBO's whole deal this year. <laughs> uh All the Warner movies on HBO Max.
0: Anyway, speaking of that's their deal. Did you think that seemed a little anachronistic? Uh, Which part? He was like, Cowboys cook. That's kind of our deal. And I was like, do people say that in the 70s (laughs) or 80s, whenever this was supposed to be set?
1: Um, I don't know. Maybe it just feels anachronistic because we haven't seen it depicted a lot. But I guess that doesn't mean it wasn't there.
0: Maybe. Carry on.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So, Cry Macho. Uh, if you haven't seen it, odds are good. Odds are good. You haven't seen it, but if you uh, if you haven't, then again, uh, if
0: you're listening to this, the odds are slightly higher that you've
1: seen. Yeah, especially if you have HBO Max. Uh, so, Clint Eastwood plays Mike, who was a like a former rodeo star, uh, gave that up after he broke his back. Uh, who used to have you know a family, wife, child. Who passed away in an auto accident and just kind of became like a ranch hand. Uh, And uh, by the point the movie starts, he's, you know, an older man, Clint Eastwood's around 91. uh, And the guy who gave him his sort of post rodeo career opportunities uh, at a ranch first, you know, he's like, Hey, you're basically getting kind of old and you've been doing a great job, but maybe we need something new around here then a year later he's like yeah we're n- never mentioning that i've fired fired you or tried to fire you again and i'm just a- asking you for help uh because i had a son with a
0: mexican woman i think the son is what 13
1: yeah 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 and uh i want to bring him back to the usa i can't go to mexico for legal reasons not going to tell you why but uh <laughs> <laughs> but i need you to go uh I'm sending you, this 90-year-old man, into uh,
0: Mexico City. The exposition to... in this movie is completely fucking ridiculous. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Uh, I, uh, to find my son and, and bring him back. And so the whole rest of the movie is just Mike doing just that. Goes Mike to Mike Milo, ranch yeah, hand. Yeah, Mike Milo. Uh, he goes to Mexico City, ends up finding the sun. And and uh, the moon.
0: Didn't, wasn't the cafe called Luna?
1: Oh, that's true. And that was just
0: random. I don't know why I thought
1: that the, the rest of the movie is essentially just their, their road trip back uh, as they bond and get to know each other and
0: yeah, it's not at all forced. <laughs> totally yeah. natural.
1: The 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 complications of, of getting back to the states that cause their trip to take much longer than it should. Uh while it gives them time to bond and and make friends in Mexico. Uh yep. in a small town. And yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much the entire movie.
0: Yeah. Um, before we get into it, uh, did you like this movie?
1: The way I felt about this movie changed over the time of watching the movie.
0: Uh, within so, where, where, so tell me so where did you start? Where did you end?
1: So, I started with like, what is this movie? Like, I, I had no idea. Like, was it going to be like a mystery movie of him like trying to find out where the sun is. Right. Like, the, it, like you said, there was so much exposition at the beginning by Dwight Yoakam who plays that guy. He he was, uh, he was in, uh, I think he's a country singer too, but he was in Wilfred as Bruce. He was at the very beginning of wedding crashers. Uh, but uh, I mean, I generally like him, but all his character did for the first like 10 minutes of the movie was, give you so much exposition
0: yeah he just vomited exposition
1: yeah it sounded so (laughs) unnatural you're like well you know you used to have a family but i wanted mike to be like yeah i fucking know why are you bringing that up
0: you know you used to have a family but and i gave you this job after the accident (laughs) yeah i'm like jesus Uh, come on all right we get it
1: but now you're old we need something new
0: yeah just pan over to the like some newspaper headlines or something oh There they are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was a really simple way of doing it. Like the brief little showing. I prefer that. Yeah. And then he comes back and then he's like, so I didn't give you all the exposition in the last scene. So I'm going to give you some more. This time it's going to be about me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's literally all he was. He was Basil exposition.
1: Yeah. That was exactly what it was. (laughs) Uh, And then at first I was like, why is, why is he like, essentially Mike is like, you owe me. There, there are other people who could do this. And he's like, Yeah, but I'm sending you. And he's like, All right, you're sending me. I'll go to Mexico City. And I was like, What just happened? Why? Like, I guess I'll just believe that there is a reason. And then it, you know, he just felt like he owed him for helping him through the hard years in his life, uh, as it turns out. So it that did pay off a little bit, but it still felt odd. And then once he got to Mexico City, I was like, What again? What is like what? First of all, going into Mexico, why watch the car up full of young women flirt with the guy yeah,
0: there were a lot of there were a lot of bits in this movie that felt like they were trying to say something but they never got there or yeah. like it just didn't work it was uh, like oh the three hot girls in a topless jeep are flirting with the mexican border agent and yeah. then when the old guy gets there he just goes into robot mode and says where's your papers what's your business okay have a good time what what, what what's that trying to say he doesn't he doesn't say anything it doesn't mean anything
1: yeah I mean Mike did say, Oh, I'm with them actually. So he got to yeah. say a joke, but that was so I was
0: gonna say he got a stupid joke in there that didn't yeah. really land. Um,
1: <laughs> and, I don't know. And then he got to Mike's Square city, and again it felt odd. I was I was still unsure like what the movie was gonna be from here. And then so he he meets the the boy is Raphael Rafo and uh he meets uh Raffo's mom and I'm still not sure what the whole vibe of that place was, but she's like, "All right, yeah. If you can find them, then you can bring them back to the the states." And then, the very next scene, he just find like he just walks into a cockfight and and finds him. And I was like, "What? Why?" And then
0: the next next scene is going back to the mom and saying, "I found him," and she's like, "He's mine. You can't have him." What?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess she expected. Him to him not, not to be able find to find him, him because you find out from her that uh Dwight Yoakam's character, who, whose character's name I can't remember, like has sent other people to try to find him, and they all just kind of couldn't find him and gave up. So the fact that Mike just just finds him uh
0: is yes. insane. He me. was right where she said he'd be, is what he says.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't even remember her saying that. Did she say that?
0: She mentioned like he's like a he's he does cockfighting and stuff like that. I didn't remember her being so specific as to where the cockfights are and how, like a ninety-one-year-old gringo, can find the cockfight in Mexico City.
1: Yeah, with with no problems whatsoever,
0: and with no Spanish apparently.
1: Yeah. So yeah, for that first like half hour, I was like,
0: uh, I, I guess this movie is okay,
1: whatever. But then once they got on the road, like over the next hour or so, it did like become more charming of a movie and a sweeter movie and the bonding did seem forced at first but then it started becoming a little more natural especially as they met uh the marta uh at at the restaurant and yeah like it turned into something sweet that i eventually enjoyed
0: el amor prohibido
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) the love that is forbidden
0: Um, that's from uh, Arrested Development by the way yeah. everyone this is not from this movie <laughs> this is a reference that you should all get um, but I I agree mostly what you said I, I I definitely liked it a lot more once it got going but man it took a long time to get going yeah um, man yeah and Dwight Dwight's character felt so so forced and unnecessary like I would have rather just seen I would have rather this movie just started with him Driving through the border checkpoint, like some like music over him driving through and joining into Mexico and then like having like some some quick flashbacks to his like his life or something. And then seeing seeing more of the important parts of the movie. But man, it was there's just so much unnecessary in the first 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh And like it's and also the woman trying to sleep with him. Come on. Can we?
1: Like I, I think on. she was just trying to seduce him to get him to go away. But
0: maybe, but like maybe, but <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe I read into it too much. But that that felt uh, that felt very disingenuous <laughs> to me.
1: I mean, it's it's heavily insinuated that they have sex parties there and like orgies a lot. I so... guess, but
0: yeah, but if but if she has sex parties and orgies, then why does she want to sleep with a 91 year old guy? It's not it's not actually Clint Eastwood. It's just some random cowboy from Texas that she doesn't know. <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, I, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I mean, all, yeah. All aging males want to think that they still have sex appeal, but come on. (laughs) I mean, I know Clint Eastwood still has some gravitas, but it's the, the, the hot Mexican lady with the mansion probably doesn't want that guy. (laughs) Yeah,
1: probably not. (laughs) Uh, like I, like, again, I I think she was just trying to give him something he might want to get him to go away. Uh.
0: Yeah, I think this the movie left a lot to be desired, and I, I the first the first third of it did did not. I mean the, the second the second half of it, I should say, didn't really make up for the first half, but it did make it a lot better than it was by by virtue of being so much better than the beginning. <laughs> it definitely yeah. uh, showed that it, it was good, but I have a lot of a lot of issues with it from start to finish.
1: Yeah, like there there were a bunch of times where Clint Eastwood just said the thing he was about to do like announced it for no reason he'd be like oh like when they saw the federales for the first time he was like all right we're gonna go down this road and then he turns down the road and they start going down it and i was like
0: yeah i was like why are you narrating what you're doing we can see it
1: (laughs) or like they (laughs) can see
0: you
1: they get into the one town he's like "Ah, this looks like an interesting town let's take a look and then he just parks and they get out and they start looking around it was very i don't know unnecessary and i
0: will say so some of the things i did like um were that i mean some of this the the way it was shot was very pretty at times like i like that oh, yeah. they they would rest on a shot of him like laying down by the side of the road and like the the sunset or the the night sky and they would like they would spend a little little more time than you would, than you normally see exposing the towns and like showing the mexican countryside and things like that so i did like the visuals um but i feel like the the pace of the movie was about the pace of clint eastwood's gait (laughs) when he would walk from place to place it was definitely a slow burner
1: yeah although i he does get around pretty well for a a 91 year old
0: yeah thanks for uh thanks for editing for that one especially on the (laughs) the, especially on the horse
1: yeah probably
0: riding that bucking bronco Uh, yeah (laughs) <laughs> those scenes definitely didn't uh, didn't quite live he, he could probably afford some cgi to make it look to make it look like he's really on that horse
1: i mean possibly but those i mean cu-
0: those it, cuts just felt like uh, i was like well i mean we, uh, we all know the 91 year old guy is not on the the unbroken horse but you know i don't know was I'd, I'd rather have just seen his silhouette the whole time than them cut to those like tight Upward pan shots that clearly is just him on, you know, sitting on some docile horse. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I, I just looking at my notes, you know, when the movie started turning around for me, is uh, when they got to that restaurant for the first time and he t- took a nap like in the booth and Macho, the rooster, uh, woke him up with a little cockadoodle doo. And then he he looks up at Macho, and then there's a shot of Macho, uh, a real rooster. But they get this great shot of him like looking down at the camera, and it was just a really funny shot. <laughs> and that's like when I started warming up to it a bit.
0: So I definitely did like. I mean, I liked Macho. I mean, he was a yeah, he yeah. was a lovable lovable rooster. But um, I was, one of the things I wrote down was what's more unlikely the rooster jumping out of the car and attacking the guy that's like fighting them or Clint Eastwood landing a punch on a 25 year old security guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, when, uh, Clint Eastwood punched that guy, I turned to Alex and I said, Clint Eastwood is 91 years old.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely like, uh, yeah, that's bullshit. He's n- there's no way that guy's landing a punch on this, this kid.
1: <laughs> it was sweet though. <laughs> like, uh, Alex just stopped by to say hi right before we recorded. And uh, she pointed out that one of her favorite parts was Macho, like attacking that guy. And yeah, it, like it felt like there's this good bond between uh, Rafa and Macho. Sure. And uh, kind of like a little dog, uh, he sees the guy attacking the kid and starts attacking the guy
0: yeah uh, it's cute but it just doesn't track like it doesn't it, if in, in a movie that's going to be about mild realism i guess i don't know i i didn't i didn't buy that if if like i said if it was in a, a uh, an anime it felt more like an anime uh type of character that would be your sidekick animal that would attack people who are your enemies
1: i mean i, I don't know anything about roosters about if they do make that kind of bonded who knows um it's possible At least, like... But I don't think it would attack
0: anyone enough to knock them down on the ground when you're, like, an agile 20-to-30-something person whose job is to be the security muscle. Uh,
1: I guess it depends on uh, if it gets that uh, Achilles tendon or not. But... uh, (laughs) but I trained him to go for the Achilles tendon. That's about it, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Macho, just like we practiced.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the rest of this movie is basically just them driving around and finding uh you know bad luck i guess with the car breaking down and getting chased by the federales and having to take detours down dirt roads that takes them to like the little town where they go to the luna cafe and meet marta
1: yeah i I think it's funny that like so their car uh mike's truck gets stolen and then actually my first thought was like mike can't walk in the
0: desert anywhere I've seen Breaking Bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no way he's going to make it through. But they, So they make it to the next time. But I just thought it was funny. So they, they set up that Raffo is, you know, he's he's done some crimes before and, and stolen some cars. So he obviously uh, sets up a stolen car for, for them. And Mike's essentially like, you can't just steal a car. This is someone's car. And then I'm driving. Uh, yeah he's like but you're not driving it i'm,
0: I'm driving it <laughs> you can't steal someone's car uh bt dubs i'm driving this stolen car you wouldn't steal a car you wouldn't steal a rooster <laughs> why would you steal a movie you wouldn't download a car well <laughs> i would if i could <laughs> yeah just um, a 3d printed car <laughs> yeah um so yeah they i mean it, it, it i did like the the cafe scenes like it, again it happened it happened very fast it felt a bit Obvious or forced or whatever, but like, yeah, he somehow he communicated with this woman who doesn't speak English and he doesn't speak Spanish, and they, you know, are into each other. Yeah, and yeah, and I don't know. She's probably thirty years younger than him. <laughs>
1: yeah, she's well. She, I don't even think she's like sixty. She's probably like late forties, early fifties. But uh, I, I did like that. Like, I wouldn't have bought a sex scene in this movie, like, if they had hooked up, but the dancing scene accomplishes, like, the exact same thing, and Mm -hmm. I thought it was really sweet and simple and conveyed everything you needed to know.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. The intimacy was nice. Like, I mean, you you could tell they just, you know, they they liked each other's vibe, basically.
1: Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't going to be a sexual relationship, I don't think, but they just enjoyed each other's company
0: yeah
1: uh, which uh, again i thought was really just simple and sweet like it wasn't a romance story it it wasn't a love story
0: i agree anyway um i said i I keep thinking of clint being chandler's chosen name when he wants to change his name when he says chandler is a totally non-name i'm clint now and they're like you can't you can't pull off clint (laughs) they're right yeah anyway um so yeah, they I I I do like the the sweet little scenes. There's once I I think once I gave into this being a scene by scene kind of like more of a talking movie. Uh I I enjoyed that part of it more cuz there were some really good like just sitting sitting there at the cafe talking scenes. And like it's just like kind of nice to have coffee with somebody. Um they 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 the ability to dwell on those moments, I guess, was, was kind of nice. And um, I guess, I, I think I went into it thinking it was going to be more of a more, a little more action, I guess. And the action was limited, which is okay. Cause that's how life is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't also, always turn out the, in the action adventure you expect.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, I also wasn't going to buy too much action from Clint Eastwood these days. I mean, it would have depended on what the action ended up being.
0: Not in that truck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um but yeah so i i like those little scenes um the the whole like him becoming the the town veterinarian basically and like endearing himself to the local sheriff uh when that sheriff was initially like a threat to him basically yeah like it, he got to pull the 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 thorn out of the lion's paw or whatever <laughs> and yeah. now he now this, the sheriff will not turn him into the federales um yeah. like that was that? nice and again a little little too easy, but it is what it is it was a sweet little little story
1: well first of all, him becoming like basically the town veterinarian just because he knows so much about animals felt like a nineties show
0: like it... you mean you mean a show about someone in their nineties
1: <laughs> yes uh a, is would it be a non how do you say that
0: octa uh, nano would it would nano wouldn't it wouldn't no be nano. no would be I, nano, said, nano,
1: I said i said Nano nanogenarian
0: no i know but I, i'm i'm i heard you say it. i didn't see you i didn't see the letters so I, yeah. i'm trying to think of how you were saying. some people might say n a as nano it, oh yeah, but yeah, yeah Nano yeah na, yeah nanogenarian i guess so you don't hear about it enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: uh anyway uh that is not what i meant uh I meant a show that would have come on after, say, uh, hanging with Northern Mr. Cooper. Northern Exposure
0: or uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is that is true. Actually, it would have come on before Walker, Texas Ranger, because that yeah, was on a 10.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I think Walker was a 10 o'clock show.
0: <laughs> yeah, it would have come on uh, before Marshall Law.
1: Uh, that was the Sam O'Hung show, right? It was. <laughs> it <laughs> would see. have come on
0: after Early Edition finished uh, its run, and they needed another show to fill the gap. <laughs> Yeah. So apparently you could just put it on Amazon now because there's a Walker reboot, which, which I've mentioned.
1: Yeah. It's with it one of the guys from Supernatural. Horrible.
0: It looks, I watched the trailer and even two minutes of it was like, I don't even know if I can watch this whole trailer. Mm. Yikes.
1: Who plays Trevette? I think a woman. No.
0: I don't. I mean, it's which fun. is fine. I don't, yeah, that, that that's sense. not, that is not at all the problem with this show. Trust me. Yeah. Yeesh. It's the writing. It's, it's God awful.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, the trailer was probably mostly from the pilot, which isn't always the best litmus test for a show.
0: You're probably right. But if I really want to watch Walker, I'm going to go back and watch the original.
1: That's true. <laughs> uh, or at least if you, if you try the new one, you know, it's probably the type of show where you don't need to start with episode one, much like episode six or that's seven, true. when they started finding more of a There
0: thing. are. There aren't many shows like that for me. Uh but if I yeah, I could probably watch one episode and be content. Could be yeah. it's like Entourage, <laughs> which I watched the entire series of and the movie. So Yeah, I did not watch the movie. Uh, but I did yeah, watch the did. entire series. I mean, well, yeah, I, I
1: assume that the movie is just like every episode of the show.
0: Oh, you saw an episode? Yeah, you saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Something happened with Turtle. Uh, (laughs) Vinny wasn't happy about something the studio did
1: yeah Vinny wanted to make a movie but then there were problems and then he got everything he he wanted and it worked out and
0: and then he screwed up by hooking up with somebody and doing too many drugs and oh
1: but he was off of drugs by the time the movie came around
0: it was a relapse I don't know I don't remember (laughs) anyway can I tell you the? can I tell you my biggest problem with this movie sure Um, yeah it hasn't come up yet so Are we just like in the the end, are we just supposed to assume that all's good with this kid? Like he's now he just goes across the border to his shitty dad that just literally just had a phone call saying, I don't want him. I just want to get the money from his mom that with these land deals. And if I have something that she wants, then maybe she'll give that money to me. Like he literally just says that outright. And we're supposed to just believe because clint eastwood says he's a nice guy even though he's a dick in the beginning of the movie to clint eastwood too yeah like this guy just seems like a total fucking tool and we're supposed to be like oh well the kid's gonna do better now because he's not in mexico i know the i know the other people are like abusing him which is not great but we're not sending him to anywhere that seems much better
1: yeah i i I think we're supposed to believe that things will be better from uh not just because he's away from uh, his mom and her people. It seems like she was supposed to have like a bunch of people with her, but it was only represented as the one dude. Oh, let me, let me,
0: let me clarify. I understand we're supposed to believe that, but are we really supposed to believe that?
1: Well, uh, to finish my thought, I, I don't think it was just because of that. I think we're supposed to believe it because of the growing up. He's done by learning from Mike about life.
0: I believe it's, that the it's, kid. It's I believe that the kid and I believe the kid has done some growing within the movie for sure. Yeah. But I mean, we're you're ship. We're just shipping him off to a dad that didn't want him, didn't care enough about him until it was ad- advantageous for him in a, a fi- in a financial way.
1: Well, I guess in the end, like part of the point of the end is that the kid is choosing to do this now. Again, Mike has kind of lied to him about how good his dad is, but the yeah. the whole point is like this is the kid's decision and he's deciding to do it.
0: I guess, Um, but he's basing it off of shitty information. Like it's true. Patently false information. (laughs) It's true. All he's, he's setting him up for complete failure there to send him back and say, Hey, no, your dad totally wants you there. Yeah. It's not just about money. He just, he totally wants you. So he's throwing him into the arms of this guy who's going to use him to get money. And then it's going to be total disappointment for him. I guess the only hope is that after meeting the kid, he has a similar journey with, with him that uh that Clint Eastwood did and or that Mike did and they have you know he ends up bonding with him I feel like that's what they're banking on or that's what the character or the audience is supposed to bank on that hopefully the father is going to see the good qualities in this kid and they're going to go home and live a great life together on the ranch I guess I don't I don't know yeah I don't know either seems wild also how do why did like isn't that that guy's like 70 something also why does he have a 14 year old kid (laughs)
1: Uh, he's probably hooked up with the, about the, the mom at one of the orgies.
0: Yeah. It's about the virility of aging men is what this movie is really about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This uh, guy can have a kid when he's in his seventies. Dwight Yoakam can have a kid when he's super old. Yeah. Clint Eastwood can hook up with multiple people when he's super old, <laughs> none of them, their own age. <laughs> just wait, so despite what this movie might be trying to say about machoism and, like male like toxic masculinity it does feel like it still leans on those tropes pretty heavily
1: well dwight uckham is 64 so i guess
0: he would have been around 50 all right that's not as bad yeah
1: anyway uh, yeah uh th- 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 the movie was a-, a trope fest like you said uh you you, you mentioned the cinematography it's a trope fest. yeah you-, you mentioned the c- cinematography earlier and i did want to say that one thing this movie did really well was make me want to like drive around mexico even though i think it was filmed in new mexico but uh it it made me want to drive around like see the little towns stop in the little restaurants get some good like non-franchised food definitely get a cerveza blanca mm -hmm, and some tequila
0: yeah i can say i've i've i mean i've never driven around mexico but i've spent some, a good amount of time, like wandering the small towns that we, we docked in, in Mexico. And one of my favorite ones was Manzanillo, which is just like this small, clearly like an, an impoverished town. Um, they actually would drop us off in the, like, I think part of their deal with, with the, sh- the cruise ships is that they drop us off in like the, like the, the lower class, like uh more impoverished area that way they could- get, the ben money, money from the crew from the people before people hop in a, an uber or a cab and take it to like the main city center and um there were so many like beautiful little places there like we went and got food and went to a little cafe and sat outside and you know the people are so nice so many of them speak english and like it was it was nice to just chat with people and have have a coffee and and people are interested in what you do and yeah, it was just like it was it was a really nice way to like kind of get into the culture and not feel like you were just going to the Starbucks in Mexico City, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I mean I I like that kind of thing. Actually, Alex and I have you know, talked recently about how now that we're starting to feel like comfortable going places about how we might just like pick within like an hour radius of us like trying to find like little diners or restaurants in little towns and just go there and get lunch and, and just experience it. Yeah. Uh, it's not idea. quite the same as going to a small town in Mexico, but it's the same idea.
0: Yeah. You'll, you'll get, you'll get a similar effect. I mean, that's, that's one of the things I loved about traveling in general is just like being by when I'm by myself, I'll stop in a town, I'll go to a, a vegan cafe or I'll go to a, a brewery in the middle of the day on a weekday. And it's just like, a few people there and some locals and, and, and like the, the bartender or whatever. And I always ended up having just a good conversation with people. And that, that was always nice. Like it didn't feel like you were keeping them from their work because there, there was nobody else there. So they would chat with you and tell you what, what was around. And then you go somewhere else, meet somebody else. It's just a nice, that's a nice thing about travel is just meeting people that have had experiences that are very different than yours. Well,
1: I don't think I have anything else really to say about the movie proper. Nor do I. So I say we take a break, talk about lessons, top off the coffee.
0: Sure. Carry on. All right, we'll be right back. Okay. I think why do they rock so hard is still my favorite album of theirs front to back. Hmm. 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 All right. Well, should we get back into Clint? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. We're back with more cry macho. Yep. And we're very excited about it. (laughs) um, (laughs) I got more coffee. I'm excited about that. Um, (laughs) I wrote some things.
1: I did too. Uh, I thought there were actually like quite a few little lessons in here.
0: I'm I'm curious as to what I'm definitely curious to what you wrote because I definitely I, I had I felt like I had to dig a little bit to to find some of these um, after I watched the film. They didn't they weren't immediately apparent to me, but when I looked back and thought about it for a little bit, I did come up with some stuff that I thought was reasonably decent.
1: Um. Well, there's uh, there's a lot to do in this movie with uh, with trust, and it. Kind of maybe have the questions of like you know who do we trust and and like why do we trust them and should we wh- yeah, should we, and like h- how do we know when we should or, or should we just trust them until we don't, and why do we sometimes trust strangers more than people that we know like uh with with marta uh they kind of all sort of very quickly started trusting each other. Uh, I think just because they got the right vibe from each other of, this is a cool person as far as I'm concerned. Um, actually, I just looked at my note and I put, sometimes it's a vibe. Uh, sometimes it's uh necessity or, or a convenience or or a shared goal. And like, that's kind of why Macho, not Macho, uh, Rafo and Mike kind of start trusting each other early on because they k- kind of are both just trying to get through this situation and they don't have anyone else, uh, until they start learning to, uh, actually like trust and and enjoy each other's company. Uh,
0: they also have a shared
1: enemy, which is important.
0: (laughs) Right. That helps. That does make a difference. Yeah. Having, having a shared enemy.
1: Yeah. And then even like, there's a sequence of Rafa learning how to ride a horse, which is like, that is mutual trust, uh, the rider and the, the horse like have to trust each other in order to successfully ride a horse
0: and him trusting Mike that he's, that he's giving him the right information on how to properly ride a horse.
1: That's true. I mean, I, I would trust Mike.
0: I would trust Mike too. Yeah, for sure. For With that. Yeah. Not with information about his father. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and Mike, Mike didn't like the rooster at first either. That's true. And then he came to like, came to love it. Yeah. After he attacked the dude, he, he was like, right.
1: He yeah. even said, "Like this little guy's growing on me."
0: Yeah, he was like, "I like the vibe of this cock." <laughs> yeah. I think that was a direct quote. But um, yeah, they did be, use the word be, "cock." I might a few be paraphrasing, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they, they did use the word "cock" a few times. So it's very possible. <laughs> no, I know. Possible.
0: <laughs> I, know. Uh, I one thing I like about myself is my immaturity. At times, I do. Oh yeah, I, I think <laughs> I will. I, I would be very disappointed if I was not able to laugh at stupid things like dick jokes because it makes me happy and uh anything that you can you anything that makes you happy just it, lean into it because it feels good to laugh at stupid jokes and it takes you out of the you know adult yeah. reality once in a while
1: <laughs> no, i i as you know i totally understand it and it's like the same theory i have about not even my theory i got it from a professor in college but about like guilty pleasures it's like just like it and enjoy it why yeah. do you have to feel guilty about it
0: yeah. And I think it's definitely, uh, I think everybody kind of enjoys it, but they've been taught to feel like they're not supposed to. So they'll, they'll say, you know, it's, 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 it's rude or it's crude or something else. And it's just, just, you know, just have a laugh and move on. It's everybody's just having a good time. Let, let's let all laugh at cock jokes together.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm not <laughs> inclined to resign to maturity.
0: <laughs> yes um but speaking of maturity and immaturity uh one of the quotes that i liked in this was uh i can't cure old or you can't cure old and uh, yeah. I, I think that's i mean that's that's a lot of what this movie is trying to say actually is like you can't cure old you have to accept it
1: yeah i, but, I actually almost mentioned that line earlier because that's the sheriff's dog uh when the sheriff brings his dog to to mike to yeah because he doesn't know what's wrong with him and mike turns to Ralph and was like can't cure old,
0: yeah. And I was like, "Well, this is a meta line right there." <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> that's what this whole movie's about. He's um, like, "You just, you just gotta accept that old age is a thing, and you're not always gonna be the young, virile self that you once were." Although, I don't know if it really uh, succeeds in uh, living up to knowing that. Uh, but not everybody's uh, not everybody's quite as good at living the lessons they preached.
1: <laughs> that, that's true. Um, Look at us, for example. yeah uh speaking of his age uh i did note down that it's never too late to create meaning for yourself uh and it's something we need to do from time to time like mike at the beginning kind of doesn't have anything Mm uh you know he's lost a job like he had lost his family years ago but and it seems like it's not like the kind of movie where oh he doesn't care about anything he doesn't care about life like that, and although it is a trope fest i wouldn't have been surprised if they had done that but in in meeting rafo and kind of trying to teach him a little bit about life he does get to get a little bit of meaning back like towards the end of his life uh, especially for someone who lost a son and obviously like rafo for those like two or three weeks that they spend together gets to be the son that he never had.
0: What? Uh was what was the phrasing you used? It's never too late. What?
1: Never too late to create meaning for yourself.
0: Okay. I like that. Um it I, I only chuckled a little bit when you first said it is because I was literally just looking at two of my notes and I was about to say, I have two notes that start with it's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> One is it's never too late to be good to someone,
1: mm. which
0: can very much apply to his mother, or like the, the kid's mother or father, uh, especially his father. Like it's never too late to have a relationship. Uh, but I also say, I also wrote, it's never too late to find family or community mm-hmm. um, for for Mike. Like he's finding, like that he loves being there with uh, Marta and and the the grandkids, and like he's able, you know, and and he's helping people's animals. Like he's found himself a nice little life, and he goes back to it. Like he just yeah. turns around and goes back not even going to bother getting a visa. He's just going go <laughs> to yeah. go live in that small town for the rest of his life, I guess.
1: Yeah. And actually, so all three of them have lost their family pretty much because I mean, Raffo has his parents around, but
0: they're yeah, not His Mart- daughter died. Right.
1: And, and her husband. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think like her, her mom or some, or whatever parent she still had around, like they all died, uh, right. Very quickly from the same disease. Uh,
0: that's true. So, I guess loss is a big, big theme in this one.
1: Yeah, so she just had, like, I guess those grandkids that that were there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why the three of them formed the bond they did, was they were sort of forming this family that they all lost. Right. Uh, so, yes, I think sort of finding and picking and choosing your family, even, even if you have a family, uh, yeah. picking your second family uh, is just it ends up being a part of life and ends up being fulfilling
0: yeah and i guess those people are all they've all experienced loss and they are all a little bit lost and like they all they all want to be found by someone and by coming to like coming together they kind of form a little a little bond a little family for a short time in that in that uh that little town that you know, I feel like Rafa might've been better off just staying there with them. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, Definitely.
1: But I think Rafa also needed to go at least see his dad and decide. he got to find out for that. himself. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Definitely a part of like coming of age and growing up is like breaking away and finding out for yourself, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like you have to learn that lesson on your own being told rarely sinks in like you have to touch the hot burner before you realize oh he was telling the truth it's hot right um
1: and you know at least at the very least mike did tell raffo that his dad was seeking the money from his mom
0: yeah Mm -hmm. that's true um and i did write um similar uh, in this in this same arena here i wrote um it's sometimes it's hard to see the worst in the people that you're closest with um, so it's hard to believe that the people that you trust and you love are doing something that's not in your best interest. So like you keep wanting to trust them, whether it's a good thing or not. Absolutely. And and to um to the point of Rafa seeing for himself and going up there, I I wrote, um, it's always easy to think there's some easy solution and a better place just across the border, or next week it's gonna get better, or you know, it's it's always easy to see the better future in the future but you have to work in the present to make that a reality and it's not always going to be as good as you hope it's going to be yeah
1: F- false hope is a it's, it's a soul killer
0: <laughs> but it's also a driver like it's true too. potential you know thinking that it's going to be better somewhere else like it it might it drives you to get somewhere and then it might drive you to do something that you m- might not normally do so it could lead somewhere good, but it's just not, it's not always promised, I guess, is what I mean. And you, it also can also keep you from seeing the, the good in what you have in front of you, which I can't remember what movie we had. Like that was one of the central themes in one of the films we had talked about, like not taking for granted what's right in front of you. And I'm sure there's been multiple thing, multiple movies with similar themes, mm-hmm. but I remember one, like having that central tenet of you know, appreciating what you have there and not looking for the next better better thing. Hmm.
1: I wonder if it was high fidelity. Possibly. (laughs) If we didn't talk about it on that, we probably should have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so what did you say before that it's never too late to
0: be good to Yeah, it's never too late to be good to someone.
1: Yeah. Uh, So similarly, I I put uh, helping people who need it is a good way to find meaning and fulfillment.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: and and that kind of starts with marta and then because mike at first is not doing it just for the good of the kid later he is but marta is just like very helpful and just sees that these people need help and is willing to do it
0: yeah she so, can do what she wants
1: and so i i also put kindness makes you better it can make the people you help and are kind to better and they can certainly make the world better and like things really act I mean, things start getting better for them once Marta starts being kind to them, and they start liking each other better. Even Definitely. Uh, once they're in this situation where things are going well for them, being kind and helping—not that I help people very often—but I think it's a good thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I always—it's a little bit of my expectation bias of the old white man, but I kind of just always expected. I always expect his character to be like the racist guy. (laughs) So I'm like, so when he's going to New Mexico, I was like, all right, well, what's about to happen now. And it turns out his characters usually aren't, but I don't know if that's like meant to challenge the audience into like expecting that, or if that's just my own expectation bias. Uh, but like, well, it seems like, I don't know if these movies are meant to like glorify the the old white man to be like, not all men or or whatever, but like he's, I don't know. he's we... going down there and I'm expecting him to be one way. And he definitely has more of an open soul than I, than I think he will.
1: That's true. That's probably just something that comes with age for the character probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've seen Clint Eastwood argue with a chair before, so.
0: Yeah, I think that might be part of it too. It might be <laughs> part of Clint Eastwood's actual personality that leaks into my expectation of what his characters are going to be like mm-hmm. but um uh, kind of going along with what we were saying before about um not looking to the grass is greener or whatever um mm-hmm. even, I, I wrote uh, even in serious times uh you can enjoy the small moments like whether that be camping or a fire or a nap or a good conversation or just having a good coffee like you could appreciate the small things, even if everything is kind of going wrong. So try to take solace in those good little moments you have and appreciate the appreciate the time that you do have,
1: yeah uh,
0: and I think the movie did a good job at that, like with this with the pace of it of like showing the the fire like just them just sitting by the fire very oh. like solemnly, and then you know the the stars. and again, as I mentioned earlier, and then, they just, you know, every time he goes into the cafe, she offers him a coffee and he just sits there and sips on his coffee and puts his, puts his hat over his face and takes a nap. He's like, he's in, he's taking, taking advantage and uh, enjoying this, the, the small moments.
1: Yeah. Like even when they're sleeping out under the stars, uh, Rafa was like, you know, why don't we sleep somewhere else? We can like sleep in the car. And, uh, <clears throat> Mike's just like, no, nope, just, just look up. Like, this isn't the city. Look at the sky.
0: Yeah. He said the air is fresher, cleaner here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I also uh, put, you know, uh, find the places and people that make you better. Let it be mutual. Accept that you can become and are becoming better, which is, I mean, that's essentially the plot of the movie. Like, they all find each other, and just being around each other makes them all a little bit better.
0: Yeah, that's true. And um, not only allow it, that's, that's a good lesson to allow yourself to be happy and allow allow people to make you better, make you happy. And like you, and I think that goes along with what you said before about doing good things and like being good to people. It makes their, their lives better. And it makes, it makes you better. It makes you better. It makes you feel better to do good things for people. And it does, I think it, uh cascades or piggybacks on one another and like you doing something good for one person makes them probably want to pay it forward in a way and do something good for somebody else so i think overall it just makes for better community and society as a whole
1: well, that's the ideal anyway
0: uh, and you know what they say about ideals
1: no no what, what do they say
0: i thought i thought you know
1: <laughs> that's what they say
0: i thought you know yeah that's what they say that's why we never get anything that's why we never agree on anything because it's like oh i thought you knew what we were doing here anyway no i didn't i don't know what they say about ideals but i know <laughs> like seeing the i seeing the ideal in things is it's a it's a good thing to have that uh that ability but it's also kind of what i was saying like thinking that the grass is greener and thinking that or that the ideal is going to be reality you always have to you have to be able to to see what's right in front of you also, and, and not expect everything to go perfectly at all times. Like sometimes the car is going to break down. (laughs) Sometimes you got to deal with what you have in front of you and stay in the small town for a few days and get comfortable while you're, while your car is getting fixed. It's not always going to be a straight shot to the other side of the border.
1: Right. And then at at some point in the movie, Mike gives a little speech about how when you try to be macho and show that you've got grit, that ends up being all that you end up with. You're probably going to be kind of a dick and you're not going to have anyone. Uh, and I mean, that's trying to be macho is how Mike broke his back as well. So uh, like, it's just a toxic road, uh, which is probably the main guidance that Mike gives Raffo through the entire movie. Like he, he, Raffo named his rooster macho because he wanted the rooster and himself to be macho. Yeah. I think sort of almost the opposite of macho-ness is vulnerability. And uh, I think Raffo learns to let people in and that he doesn't need to be a tough guy.
0: Uh, I think so does Mike yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's funny because when I, I heard those lines and I thought, I feel like they, like these were one of those lines that was written, and I feel like the actual development of it in the in the movie fell a little bit flat. Like it feels yeah. like they wanted that to be what the movie said, but I didn't feel like it did a great job at showing it. So they just said it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I, I do I do feel like there was a little more of an arc than maybe I saw while it was going because I was too busy being like a little bit disappointed with <laughs> what was happening a lot of the time um, until, until they got, you know, the, until the good scenes that we discussed already. Um, but I do, I do still feel a little bit like they had to kind of spell it out for us because it wasn't immediately obvious in the actual movie, um, which, you know, it should be, um, mm-hmm. it shouldn't all be spelled out with, <laughs> in in dialogue unless, you know, unless it's a dialogue driven movie, but it should still be a little more, it should still be a little more noticeable in the character development than in just one or two lines of dialogue toward the end, you know, and, uh, and I do see it more now looking back on it, but it did it, it didn't feel like it in the moment.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. Like, like the movie ends up being okay. Like it averages out to being okay. When you compare the first half with the second half.
0: Yeah. It's not a, it's not a Clint Eastwood movie. I will return to.
1: Yeah. Pr- probably not me either. Uh, I can't imagine I will anyway.
0: I'll watch uh Unforgiven. Grand Gran Torino.
1: Oh yeah. Again. I I've, I forgot to note down. I was gonna say this is no Gran
0: Torino. No man, Gran Torino is so good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well.
0: That's the lesson here. <laughs> if you want to watch a if you wanna watch a Clean Eastwood movie and you haven't seen Gr- Gran Torino, go see that instead of this. Um I you know, I haven't seen Unforgiven.
1: Well, uh, it's did good. I see it? Yeah, I like it. I liked it a lot.
0: And I think that's a good time to wrap it on up. Unless you have something else.
1: No, I have nothing else.
0: All right, <sighs> tell them what they've won. Well, you've won a, a access to our email address. You can send us an email over at imitatingart1 at gmail <sighs> or you can find us on the social media platforms at imitatingartpod. Uh, make sure you uh, check out our Instagram for uh, for some fun meme content and things like that. Uh, we've been having some fun with the with the Instagram lately. I've been I've been enjoying what you've been posting.
1: I've been enjoying what you've been posting. <laughs> One of these days, we can figure out what to post together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find you individually?
1: Yeah, you can find me on all the socials at Big F Moose, spelled like it sounds.
0: Head of yep. plug. <laughs> And uh, you can find me on Instagram at Don't Worry, I'm Finite. I've been posting about the other podcast, which you can find at anchor.fm slash Don't Worry, I'm Finite. Or you can search on it on your favorite podcasting platform, probably the one you're listening to this on. Um, And I'm I'm posting some giveaways and some uh, bonus content uh, on my Instagram as well as uh, at youtube.com slash Don't Worry, I'm Finite. So check me out in all of those places. So thanks for sticking through this episode, which is probably almost as long as the movie. It was a little bit shorter than I thought it was going to be, Um, which is good, despite the 40-minute intro of the movie. And now for our 40-minute outro. It's been actual.
1: Yeah, it's been real. See you next Tuesday. Every time. (laughs) I did that
0: one for you, Don. Don and Chuck will return in Imitating Art with Don and Chuck.